0: Get Paid for Your Pet Get Paid for Your Pet
2: Get Paid for Your Pet Get Paid for Your Pet episode number 98 Welcome everybody, I am in San Francisco still just like uh, last week when I was interviewing Bruce and in San Francisco it's not hard to find amazing people to interview because it's the home of Airbnb and there's lots of things going on related to Airbnb in San Francisco. So I'm really excited today to be with David and Margot and they run a really cool startup, which is called Hostfully, which is a digital tool to provide guidebooks to your hosts. So David and Margot, welcome to the show. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been really fun. I'm actually staying with David this week and uh, he was generous enough to uh, Offer me uh, a room to stay, which is a very valuable thing in San Francisco. (laughs) Because as you may or not know, San Francisco is quite expensive to to stay in a hotel or even in an Airbnb. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, But uh, let's talk about uh, Airbnb. How did you guys find out about Airbnb? Find out about it? uh, Just through lots of friends for me that I know that stay
0: in it. Personally, my first time was from traveling around the world, actually. Uh, my wife and I, we took a one-year sabbatical about five years ago uh, between moving from New York City to San Francisco, and we went to 27 countries and stayed in five continents. And we stayed in 37 people's homes during that trip. We wanted to have a little bit of a off-the-beaten-path, live like a local, or as Airbnb says now, live there, <laughs> experience. Yeah. And instead of going from hotel yeah. to tourist site, hotel to tourist site, this was better. and And when we realize the incredible influence that the host has on the guest day, anything a host told us to do went to the top of the the list, the priority list above TripAdvisor, above Yelp, above Lonely Planet, anything like that.
2: Absolutely. What about you, Margaret?
1: I've also traveled a lot. Um, I did travel around the world, but not for a year, for a few months. And one of the most memorable journeys that I took with my husband was to Cuba. And we stayed in two people's homes in Cuba and in Casas Casas Particulares there. And it also brought to life this amazing kind of travel experience where you can live in someone's home and really understand the culture and kind of get a different viewpoint on the world. And when you travel to Cuba, that viewpoint is extremely different than what you would get in the U.S. And so it really um, it opened my eyes up to a different way of living and a different way to enjoy life and connect with people. And it's one of the most special travel experiences I had so when David and I met um, our kids actually go to preschool together here in San Francisco when we met um, we really bonded over having this shared uh, travel experience that that um, helped open our eyes up to other cultures and that's really what one of the main missions of hostfully is to bring the world together through travel that's one of the reasons we're really really excited about the business
2: awesome uh, you know one thing uh, I always love to ask when I'm talking to people who do a startup is when you get an idea about for a startup, right? Like, Because lots of people have ideas. Like, What made you decide to actually go ahead and do something with it? Well, yeah, well I, yeah. yeah, this is really scratching my own itch. So
0: I talked about how we traveled around the world and had the experience of being a guest. And then when we moved to San Francisco, we've had the great experience of, of being a host. We have uh, some basement space that we have guests stay in. And we also have uh, the main two floors of the house. We have a guest room where you're staying, and we have guests come there. And I had another full-time job and it was hard work having a full-time job and trying to provide a consistent five-star hospitality experience to my guests, be in constant communication, guests after guests. And I've, I've seen that pain point. I've also realized for as all hosts have done, the pleasure of recommending your favorite local brunch spot and your favorite coffee spot and telling people that street with all the hidden murals and the cool hikes to go on and hearing them say that it was these recommendations that made their experience unique. Uh, most hosts that I've spoken to have some form of mediocre Word document reference that has some basic information about the home and some basic information about local stuff, but it doesn't look that great. And sometimes it's in a binder that's hard for the guests to carry around. It's not like they're actually going to carry that around. And I was surprised at the lack of tools there are out there for hosts to help them provide that five-star experience. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, and I think you're touching on a really good point because I, I learned this as well uh, you know, during my Airbnb experience. I noticed in the beginning that people were asking a lot of questions and so I started putting together like a document, like, like you said, like kind of a mediocre document. But then as I started realizing how important this was, and I was getting a lot of feedback from my guests that they really enjoyed the information, you know, I started to up my game a bit. So I actually created a pretty nice <coughs> looking guidebook. At least I, I believe it looks pretty nice. Uh, you've actually seen it, yes. right? It's
0: great. Um, Top so, 1% of guidebooks we've seen, Jasper. Good oh, job. Oh, wow.
2: That's, uh, that's, that's great to hear. <laughs> to go, and we, and to we've go. seen hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, I, um, I actually, somebody actually helped me with it because I'm not the most uh, creative person in the world when it comes to visu- making visually appealing things. And, uh, and you know, I've gotten lots of feedback on it. So I realized that it's, you know, it's, it's definitely like a really important uh, aspect of, of the hosting experience. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk about what makes a good guidebook, because you you guys are kind of like guidebook experts. I'm sure you've thought about this a lot, uh, developing the product, right? Mm-hmm. Like what do people want to read? What do people want to see, and how do you present the information?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of the things that we thought of when we well, first of all, we have seen a lot of guidebooks. We've seen about <laughs> two hundred and fifty, maybe three hundred guidebooks from different hosts around the world. Almost every host we talk to has a guidebook. And they, they look very different. Um, some of them are really long and have over 100 recommendations. Some have no recommendations at all, and they only have information about the home. So we went out on kind of a mission to discover what is, what is a good guidebook. And one of the things we did was we looked to user experience to help us understand how you can create a good guidebook as a host. So what user experience teaches you is that you want to present information to users at the time when it's most useful for them. And you also want to present the kind of information that's relevant to them at at that very time. Um, So our guidebooks are a combination of listing information, like how to check out or how to check in, how to check out, how to get to the listing, what's the Wi-Fi code, and then recommendations. So what makes that listing really special? What makes the neighborhood special? What makes that host point of view special that will make the guidebook kind of be an extension of their personality? We also, though, in our studies found very interesting things that were going on with the way people use guidebooks. Most people created a guidebook in Word or maybe a long email. They would send it to their guests maybe in advance, maybe not. Maybe it would just be printed at the listing. Some people did very interesting things, though, like they made little note cards and put them all around the home with instructions for how to use the coffee maker at the coffee maker, how to use the heater at the thermostat, um, how to unlock the door at the door, right? And actually, that was a very exciting thing for us to discover because as guests, we noticed that we really liked it when the information was in different places at different times. And that made us realize that our guidebook had to be used to be able to be used in print and in desktop and in mobile. And it had to be able to be accessed by anyone very, very easily. So that's the way our product works today. It's a URL. So when you send it to your guests, you send a URL out and there's no app to download. It's really easy to access the information as a guest when you need it. Um, so, so that's what we've discovered so far. As we get more hosts coming on board and creating more content on our guidebooks, we're going to learn more about what makes a great guidebook. But, but those are our initial learnings.
0: And the big a big aim is to enhance the quality of the conversation, the interactions that the host is having with the guests. So oftentimes guests would come to me and they'd ask how to get there. And all of a sudden I'm taking out this map and showing stuff and being very detail-oriented right when they arrived and they're tired from the plane and I'm showing them the bus stop <laughs> and the supermarket and how to get to Alcatraz, which is far away. And they're not going to do that until three days later. Now I'm able to have a conversation about a a great adventure. Oh, go to the mission and go to Ike's Sandwiches and call them in advance. So when you hop on the bus, by the time you get there, you'll act like a local by going to the front of the line and getting that sandwich. And then there's a great park nearby. Go to the top of the park. You'll have a great view of the city. And don't worry, it's all in the guidebook. So in two days from now, when you want to do that, you can just whip that out and all the information's there. Don't worry about it now. And now I get to talk about the city I love.
2: Mm -hmm. Awesome. So when people are listening to this, they probably want to know how do you build these guidebooks? You know, Mm -hmm. how does that work enthusiastically? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. No, uh, in the beginning, we actually did help hosts build their guidebooks um, yeah. so, so that we could learn about our product. But now hosts can sign up um, on their own. And when you sign up, you enter your email address and a password and your listing address and you enter in recommendations. And so it's um it's what's called WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get tool where you basically fill out a number of forms that help you fill out the guidebook in a structured way that makes sense. And then we present the information um, in a good way to the guests.
2: Awesome. so the the guests of uh, the host will actually build their own guidebooks mm-hmm. on your platform. Yes.
1: They do. Yeah, and we make it really easy for hosts to do this so that we're we're integrated with Google Places and Google Maps um, API. So when you start to type in the name of your local coffee shop, it will actually pop up because it looks in your location and understands which coffee shops are close to you. So even if it is Starbucks, it will actually pick the Starbucks in your neighborhood. Um, we're looking for ways. We're, we're actually going to be implementing other ways um, that we can integrate to other sites that have great content, like Yelp and also more of Google. So mm-hmm. we're excited to continue to expand. Okay. Yeah.
2: And you're offering the in service completely for free, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: That's awesome. such a deal. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've... Uh, I've actually started using uh, your, your guidebook mm-hmm. myself. Oh, right. High so, five. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> David's guidebook? Um,
2: yeah. So he yeah. actually. No, helped no me Jasper's s- guidebook. Oh,
1: his own yeah. guidebook. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So
2: yeah. I, uh, David actually, you know, he, he set it up for me. So yeah. I guess I got a, kind of a special, special treatment. treatment. Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> 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 but uh, thanks for, fans, for helping out. But I, yeah. I looked at it and, you know, it looks great. Mm-hmm. And I noticed there's also a lot of recommendations in there that I didn't put in my guidebook like Mm -hmm. general recommendations for Amsterdam. So Mm -hmm. is that something that is standard in in the app or or on the website?
0: Well, we, we do offer some popular tourism activities. So we find that our tourists, they Our guests, they want that local coffee spot and that local brunch spot. Uh, And they also want to do here in San Francisco, Alcatraz and Cal Academy of Sciences and some of the more popular tourist attractions. So Mm -hmm. we have some uh, default popular attractions that we also put in if you didn't put that in. Mm -hmm.
2: Right. So let's say somebody signs up and that person lives in Los Angeles. Does the guidebook automatically contain some recommendations for Los Angeles? Yeah, yes.
1: it does. And right. it and it does for major cities. Um, mm-hmm. some of the smaller places, like if you were in, I don't know, like Lawrence, Kansas, or some smaller place uh in some in a in a non urban part of the world, you might not get those automatic recommendations, but for most major cities, which is where we're seeing more Airbnb locations or Airbnb listings, we those
0: Right. Yeah. Lawrence, Kansas host, give us a shout out.
1: <laughs> I, I love Lawrence, Kansas. There's just not a lot of common tourist activities there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, so down to the next step, uh, imagine you've, you've created your, your guidebook. And now you want to start using it. You want to send it to your guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do you do that? That's sure. Awesome. Yes, we thought we spoke
0: with both hosts and guests. And we found it'd be a barrier if the host said, oh, I'm so glad you're staying with me. Now download and install this app. On your phone for the one week you're on vacation, so it's responsive design it's a, a simple URL that the host sends to the guests, and then it looks great on their desktop. it looks great on their phone. they can access it anywhere
2: mm-hmm. great and um, so I, let me just imagine being a guest right I, I get an email with a link to the the hostfully guidebook because the guidebook will be it will be hosted on, on your website right mm-hmm. and so I look at the guidebook, I see all sorts of cool stuff. Um, now, can the host also print it out to put a copy on the on the table in the in the house? Yes. Y- yeah. Yes.
0: We found that's important. That's what most hosts are used to right now. Lots of guests when they arrive, they want to have something physical to look at. So we can also print it out.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That's great. Uh, the, the next question I have is, you know, I think it's very useful for Airbnb guests to be able to always have access to this guidebook, even if they're offline. Mm-hmm. Right. So. How how does that work? Let's say I go on the plane, I arrive in a different city, I don't have data on my phone, you know, it's a new country, Mm -hmm. how do I access the guidebook?
1: Yeah, That's a great question. It's something we've been considering since day one, actually, of founding the company. Um, there's two ways we can do that. One is we can create a native mobile application, um, which we have not done yet, where the guest could download the information ahead of time and it would save to the mobile application. Mm-hmm. The second way, which we're toying with, um, that we probably will will actually build into the product, depending on the user feedback, is having a way for a guest to save a PDF of the guidebook onto their phone, just like you would a photo. So when you when you get the URL, there would be an easy button that says like, "I want to save this content to my phone," and it saves it as a file. It's almost like an image file, and then they can reference it anytime. Um, and that's kind of a you know in startup. In startups, you have to do the thing that actually is sort of the least amount of effort to understand if your users want it. So, we'll probably go down that route, knowing that it's not the optimal experience for hosts. But if we see a lot of interest in usage of that feature, then we would, you know, put more money into investing investing right. and making it better. Yeah.
2: Right. Is that the idea of uh, MVP, like minimal value products? Yeah.
1: Minimum viable product. Minimum product.
2: viable product. Yeah, yeah. I learned about that. Uh, there's this book called. The started by Eric, Eric Lean Startup. The Lean Startup, Lean Lean Startup. Startup. Eric right. Reese
1: yeah, that, yeah, that's the
2: one I mm-hmm. read. And yeah. I really yes. liked that idea. I really liked the yeah. idea of the, the testing yes. and iterating. Yeah, yes. before yeah. you, because, you know, it's interesting when you create something, uh, and whether you create a, a book or a blog or whatever, like in your case, a, uh, a product, you you tend to think from your own perspective of what you think is cool Mm -hmm. and what i've learned over the years is that what i think is cool is not always what right people actually want yeah exactly there's a discrepancy so you know putting something out there and seeing if if people like it and then if they do then you can build it out right Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah and that's why we love getting feedback from our users and um we're very proactive in reaching out to hosts when they sign up and asking for what feedback they have and we've gotten really great feedback not all positive although a lot of it has been positive but even things like, we wish, I wish I could do this with it and mm-hmm. I can't. Or like, why, why isn't it easier for me to create another recommendation after I create one? We got a feedback from a user named Molly last week and we said, that's a great idea. And we could actually implement that fairly quickly. So I'm sure that by the time this podcast is live, that one feature will, will be out there. Um, our team is going really fast and, and trying to make sure that we're as responsive to our customers
0: We've also been surprised since we've launched of the uh, different use cases that we've seen out of the guidebook. We had one person using it as their wedding app instead of paying money for the com. They had a whole bunch of friends staying at a hotel nearby, so they put information about that hotel and then all the favorite local recommendations, and that's what they're using for their guests. We had another person, an executive assistant, do it for their office. They have lots of vendors and clients and other employees from out of town coming and they're always telling them where to park and who to see when they get in and and what the wi-fi code is and local spot for lunch and hotels to stay at so now that's all in their guidebook and they're sending that out so people are using it in fun ways
2: that's awesome yeah because if you think about it it's basically a digital way to provide information to somebody so you know it's not exclusive for airbnb right like Right. If you're on VRBO or HomeAway or any, if you're hosting people in general, yeah, you know, even, even if you have visitors to whatever place, whether it's your office or like you said, the mm-hmm. wedding or mm-hmm. you know, we you organize a, I organize a birthday party next week. Yeah. And I could make a guidebook yeah. for people. <laughs> yeah. How to come to my birthday party. That might be a little. Too much actually but <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah that's that's uh yeah even if,
1: even if you're just hosting friends or family from out of town um, it doesn't have to be that you're getting paid for for your pad mm-hmm. uh, you can also do it <laughs> um, <laughs> you can also just do it if you want to help orient anyone to to yeah. the location that you're in and you know these local lists the people are so proud of of their local lists and uh as we talk to more and more people in the in the industry we're seeing that um the idea of a host expand way outside of hosting on Airbnb or any other home sharing site it even goes to um like people who are hosting for free like on couchsurfing or other free platforms like homeswap it also extends to um just travel in general so one of the things we're experimenting with is like whether boutique hotels or bed and breakfasts would want to use something like this for, for their um mm-hmm. for their business so we're really excited to see these people using the product in different ways than we expected. And again, we want to just continue to get feedback from those customers mm-hmm. to help us understand what other opportunities are out
0: and, and also many people list on multiple platforms, many Airbnb hosts, they also have a listing on VRBO and they want to have something that's platform agnostic, that's something they can own. So whether they get a reservation on Airbnb or on VRBO or HomeAway, or it's a buddy from college, as Margot said, who's visiting them, mm-hmm. uh, they don't want to have to manage three different guidebooks.
2: Yeah. yeah. So earlier you touched on the topic of you know, that uh, how to create the guidebook, like what do you want to put in there? And you said that you've seen 250, 300 guidebooks and people do different wa- ways, right? Yeah. People do different things. So what would you say is sort of the best way to put these guidebooks together? Like, mm-hmm. do you, because you, you can take it as far as you want. You know, I can put like 200 mm-hmm. recommendations mm-hmm. or I could put one. Now I'm sure there you guys have a, a bit of a feeling of, you know, what's kind of the middle ground, the, the golden... Uh, middle middle way um,
1: yeah um, do you want to go for it i either sure, of us could answer this one
0: <laughs> sure we yeah. yeah and we've seen varying kinds to varying degrees of uh success i'm a fan of if you're going to have a lot of recommendations because you've been living somewhere for a while and you know all these great places to group them So instead of listing, here's the 100 restaurants I love. Group it by neighborhood or group it by type. Uh, Usually, neighborhood is the most common. So people can you can have a lot of different stuff right where you live, and then also if there's another neighborhood, if you're going to be in that neighborhood, here's the three restaurants I recommend, and the two coffee shops, and the one other you know clothing store. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, another thing that you can do to make your guidebook really great is structure adventures for your guests. Um, Actually, David had this in his guidebook before we founded the company. And it's one of the things that we still frequently get the most positive feedback from guests on, which is to say, hey, if you want to go on a two-hour adventure that's in my neighborhood, here are the five different places you should visit in the street that you should walk down or take this bus to get here. Or if you want to go to an adventure that's like in Golden Gate Park, which is about a 15-minute walk away, here are the three or four things you should make sure to check out there. And these kind of self-guided tours, um, they, are, they end up being really personal in a great way because they are really an expression of the host's interest mm-hmm. and the guest gets to see the city through the eyes of a local, unlike any other way of touring. You know, if you, if you get single point recommendations in many places, like you might spend all day kind of shuttling from one to the next, but you won't really get that experience that a local would have, you know, knowing that you're going to connect a bunch of things together that makes sense in that city. So I um, I would say that like if I, if I were my, my two pieces of advice would be one, make sure that you focus the recommendations in your neighborhood. Make sure they're really good. Include a coffee shop, a grocery store, a restaurant for breakfast or brunch or lunch. And then the second thing would be to put together one or two little adventures that you want to take your guests on as, as part of their stay with you.
0: And then the basic home essential stuff that you would expect, like check-in time and check-out and Wi-Fi code and parking, a lot of that information people enter on their listing in Airbnb. uh, But we found that a lot of guests, they don't go back to the Airbnb listing during their stay. So to have it in the guidebook that you're giving them in paper format in the listing itself, then it'll be more prevalent.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. What are some of the things that you are planning to implement in the future? (laughs)
1: Oh, a lot.
0: Our version five is amazing. Let me tell you. (laughs) like,
1: where to start? Oh, um, let's see. One thing that
0: we're excited about is separating the uh, recommendations from the house essential information right now so people can just share their recommendations. Uh, This would be the way to answer the common Facebook question. Hey, I'm going to San Francisco. What should I do when I'm there? And even if they're not staying with you, now you have a nice curated experience of all your favorite things for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point.
2: I got that question a lot about Amsterdam. I bet you yeah? do. <laughs> like about anywhere for you? To, yeah, because everybody <laughs> wants to visit Amsterdam, so they always ask me like, "Yo, I'm going to Amsterdam. Like, uh, can you recommend some places?" And I always spend like ten minutes typing in all these answers, like searching saying, an old email. Yeah, and like going into Foursquare, looking up some places. <laughs> Is it still sending open? Them links <laughs> And like, yeah. So that's that's actually a great point. Like, I'm I'm actually going to do that. Like, when it's available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's like. When you have a link that you can send people, then you send to anyone, right? Anyone who's visiting your your city, even if they're not staying with you. Exactly. Yeah. So that's to save a little time. And, and then yeah. to that point, also being able
0: to show visibility of all the hostfully hosts in the neighborhood. So if there's one guest who's staying with someone who is not using a hostfully guidebook, they could still see other hosts nearby and what recommendations they're giving so they can get that oh, local flavor.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's a great idea. So yeah, yeah I like that.
1: We we also have um, some features that are built for hosts that have multiple listings. Um, okay. So if a host has, you know, maybe five, or, we actually, we have a host who has eight listings in Nashville. And uh, right now you have to create Different guidebooks for each of those listings, but in the future we'll have the ability to manage multiple guidebooks at once. So you can set some information to be the same, like maybe you your top five places in the city, you know, that you want to recommend are all the same, but maybe the information about the lockbox code would be different in each listing. And so we're going to have ways to manage multiple guides too.
2: That's awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, those improvements. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you guys are uh, on a on a good path to create something really awesome. Mm-hmm. And. Um, yeah it's uh you know I think it's like we said it's a really important aspect of uh of the hosting uh, experience so for the people who are listening right now and they want to start using the hostfully guidebooks like mm-hmm. what what should they do? where should they go?
1: Well, they can go to guides.hostfully.com slash sign up, or you can just go to hostfully.com and there's a big button for sign up there. And you can learn a lot about the product on our website. You can also learn about our team and read more about our other co-founders. David and I are two of four. Um, And we're really excited to grow this company and be a supportive partner for hosts. And I think that signing up is a great place to start. So we'd love to get a bunch of people to, who listen to the podcast sign up with us that would be one of our dreams we've actually been following this podcast all year long um getting excited about potentially c- contacting you so we're thrilled to be on the <laughs> podcast and really really thrilled to be talking to all the listeners out there this is something that i i'm very excited to be part of right now
2: awesome well, i'm very excited to uh to have you guys on the podcast yeah so uh that's that's great um is there anything else that you that the re- the listener should know about hostfully uh, no, we're, well, we're
0: also working on putting together a blog for uh, best practices and being really a content mm-hmm. expert. And we'll be getting uh, lots of articles from other experts in the area and in industry. And uh, we're looking forward to promoting that and having all the hosts read that.
2: Yeah. And one last question. Um, I know the the guidebooks are free right now, right? But, you know, you guys are a startup. So it's eventually, like, you need to make some money, right? So is, is, do you guys have any ideas on, on when that will be and like what the pricing model will be? Sure.
0: Yeah, there's a few different areas. Our focus right now is on putting together a product that hosts are ex- really excited about giving to their guests and that guests really love and it enhances their stay so that they're going to give five star reviews every time to their hosts we are planning on having some affiliate commissions so some of the it'll it'll show here's what your host recommends and then here's what hostfully recommends and popular tourist attractions will where we'll be getting a commission out of we're also working with some vacation rental management companies that list 5500 uh that have 500 listings and they'll pay us for a private labeled subscription version
2: okay great so that's what you're going to start with and then eventually you'll up with a pricing model for individual hosts as well i assume well
1: Well, yeah individual hosts it will be free i mean if you have
2: multiple listings we
0: might end up charging but one listing is is free for sure it's always going to be free yeah that's awesome Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that's great because you know we make money when more guests use our product and so our um we don't want to make it hard for the host to use our product so you know, our dream is to have happy hosts using our product for free and sending out on a, on a regular basis to their guests. That's that's our that's our goal, and um it, and actually that's one of the reasons why I'm and I think Dave too we're so excited about founding this kind of company, which is about really helping a dynamic that we're already seeing out there. We know that hosts want to give their guests a great stay. We want to be there to help facilitate that, and then we're we're building in a revenue model that doesn't get in the way of that interaction. It mm-hmm. actually helps it. So.
2: That's what we can't wait about. to hear what uh, you and your guests think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely let you know. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I'll be asking my guests specifically like, hey, what do you think of my guidebook? <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Uh, yeah. Because like, you know, I, I know you guys obviously want to get some feedback on it as well. So yeah. I'll definitely uh, ask all my guests and then maybe they'll come up with some useful uh, suggestions because it's not really the, the host that you want to get the feedback from. It's actually the people who use the guidebook, right? So exactly. it's the guests that you want to get the feedback from.
1: Yeah. And that feedback um, is a feature that we also will be adding um, in the product, kind of like a thumbs up, thumbs down thing. Like this recommendation was really helpful. This one wasn't very good Um, just so hosts can um, give their guests the best content. You know that that's possible because ultimately, yeah, the host is in charge of their domain, their listing, and we want them to have you know control the reins to it. And so, um, we also want them to get their feedback from their guests so that they can make the tweaks to their guidebook when they need.
0: You to. You, you might love this pizza place, but if the last five guests you've told don't like it, that's good feedback, and you yeah. need to change your recommendations. Yes, yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Awesome. So, uh, of course, if you want to learn more about Airbnb hosting, you can go, also go to getpaidforyourpet.com, where we'll have the show notes, we'll, uh, we'll have a summary of what we discussed, and we'll also have a link to the page where people can go to sign up for Hostfully. Great. So with that, we come to the end of the episode. So David and Margot, thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time to do this. I'm very excited uh, about what uh, you guys will uh, do in the future. And uh, maybe we'll have you guys back on in the future as well. We'd love that. Jasper, you the man. This was a blast. Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> so li- to the listeners, thank you for listening. And uh, next Monday, there will be another episode. for your
0: pet. for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.
1: Get Get paid for your pet